everybody. It's Pastor Chad. Today is Sunday, August 29th, 2021. Welcome to The Way, R122 Ministry Live, The Way Radio Live. It's good to be here again on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. And today, um, I'm going to address some stuff that I've been wanting to address for quite a while. So I hope you'll learn from what I'm sharing uh, and you'll enjoy what I'm sharing and that it will maybe open some eyes to what we're dealing with right now. Um, The title of the sermon today is Romans 13, an excuse for COVID-19 cowardice. that will make sense as we go through. You'll understand what I'm talking about. If you're a Christian and you're familiar with Romans 13, you probably already have an idea um, of where I'm going to be going with this message. But I believe it is a very important one for the times in which we're living. And especially following the week that we've just had. Uh, this last week has been a, the, one of the worst in American history. Uh, what we have seen take play, place in Afghanistan. Uh, is so horrifically sad and distressing, uh, not just for Christians, but for people all over the world. But I think for people that have studied American politics, um, paid attention and tried to learn about what's really going on in America politically uh, for quite a few years, I think what's so maddening about what's going on in Afghanistan is the fact of the truth that we have just uh, turned and walked away from a 20-year war that was really just a war for profit. Uh, That may sound harsh, but that very much is why we were in Afghanistan for so long. And that is so maddening because we have our military men and women who have been there sacrificing people dying for 20 years, the finest people that America produces who have been manipulated and used and put in harm's way by some of the lowest quality people that America has produced, uh, the American leadership. And it's very, very sad. If you want to see what a picture of war for profit looks like, I've got a photo here. Defense stocks during the Afghanistan war. Lockheed Martin stocks increased 1,236%. Northrop Northrop Grumman, 1,196%. Boeing, 975%. General Dynamics, 625%. Raytheon, 331%. Um, War is a massive money-making machine for those who bring it about and those who control it. The profits are astronomical, and they do it on the backs of our military people, which has got to stop. And what we're seeing going on there is beyond uh, being acceptable if you are an American. I think it's quite clear that Joe Biden has to go. Not just him, but his entire administration needs to go. They're illegitimate. I don't care what you think about the election. I have researched it enough, and I'm convinced with the evidence that has been presented that the election is not even questionable. It was stolen. So if you don't like that, that's fine. That's how I feel. The COVID hoax continues 
and it continues to do more damage, not because of the virus, because of what it's being used for. And that's what I'm really going to delve into a lot today as well. People in America and all over the world are having their God-given rights taken away in the name of COVID-19. Children are being abused, excuse me, my sinuses are bothering me today, in the name of COVID-19. I came across this picture the other day I wanted to share with you guys. Kids at Wildwood Elementary School in Minnesota practice the zombie walk to keep them safe as they go to the cafeteria. How anybody would send a young child to school to spend six, seven, eight hours a day in conditions like this is absolutely beyond understanding to me. There is no way if my son was this age, luckily he's full grown now, but if he was this age, there is no way I would submit him to this kind of abuse every day. And it maddens me that people are doing this. It's insane. One of the reasons that America is in the condition it's in is because we have been sending our kids to these public indoctrination centers that say that they're the public education system for so many years now that we're in the situation we're in. And now that we see these abuses taking place, people are dropping off their kids to be put through this all day long at school. It's ridiculous. And I believe now more than ever that, especially for Christians, the public school system, the public indoctrination system is no place for any kids, but especially Christian kids. You're basically sending your kids to Babylon every day, to Rome, to learn the ways of evil. They're striving as hard as they can to corrupt and destroy and take over this world. Do not submit your kids to it. It's absolutely incredible that people go along with this. It just blows me away. So what I wanted to do today, and I'm leading up to this message in Romans 13, but I wanted to preface it quite extensively with some things that I've been wanting to share for quite a while. And the reason I'm getting into this is because I've, I've studied world politics and American politics, trying to figure out what's really going on in the world for years. And since this COVID thing started, I've really wanted to dive into it. But really when it started, I knew, I just had a sense that they were going, this was something that was going to be used to bring about very nefarious and sinister plans. And the things that I had hear, heard people talking about for years, I thought this is what they could use to try to bring forward these agendas that are so threatening to individual liberties and really threatening to individual life when you really dig into what they're trying to do. And I waited and I waited. And now when I see how severe it's getting, I thought I, I want to dive into this and start hopefully waking some people up, especially Christians, if you're not aware about what's going on or you're confused. I, I believe it's time that more Christian pastors and leaders, writers, podcasters, whoever, get into this forum and start trying to wake up as many people as possible because this is insane what is going on. So what I'm going to do is I want to share a couple of videos with you guys and I'm going to break them up because some of them are, are quite long. So I'm just going to show portions of these videos to give you an idea of what's really going on and what has been going on. Now, this first one is from the Alex Jones show and it's a man named Dr. Peter Bregan and he's warning that the COVID-19 vaccines are actually a bioweapon. Now, many nowadays, when you hear the name Alex Jones, you think, well, he's just wacko. He's crazy. He's always yelling and everything. And I can tell you, he has been vilified by the mainstream media very effectively. They have tried as hard as they can 
to silence him and to make him look about like a buffoon because Alex Jones was warning about what we're experiencing now 15 or 20 years ago. If you go back and you watch his films, Endgame, um, he's got five or six films you could watch that I watched years ago that are now coming true. So I think Alex Jones is, is actually should be given a hand for having the guts to make the stand that he has been making for so long. But this man was on his show yesterday. And give me a second. I'm going to switch screens here so we can get to this part that I wanted to. There we go. And this is Dr. Peter Bregan warning the world COVID-19 vaccines are a bioweapon. I'm going to show three different segments of this and just listen to what this man's saying. This man is a respected psychiatrist that has been involved on these fronts for very many, for, for, for many, many years. And I want you just to listen to what he has to say. If there's any issues with sound, if you can't hear it, I'm going to try to turn up the volume on my speaker. So hopefully it'll come through clearly. Um, please comment and I'll try to fix it as quickly as possible. Interesting, Alex, that just uh, you were so far ahead of all of us on this. I'm Jewish. I really do believe that, that this is work I have to do. That's good. And Ginger and I believe that very, very deeply. What we're finding is that almost all the opposition right now is from Christians and a few very believing Jews. And these, these people really believe that the fight is between good and evil, is between God and the devil. I don't go to the devil theology, but I respect those who do. This is a colossal fight going on. And I think we should be proud to be alive today because the sights of this COVID-19 spear are fundamentally on America and on liberty. Klaus Schwab has actually written and said that America is incompatible. Its existence as a free nation and as a nationalistic country and a liberty-loving country is in the way of all of his efforts to build. Oh, let me just back you up. His own Wikipedia says he wants to get rid of Western democracies and wants to capture our countries and capture us. I mean, uh, the, the, you talk about the second coming of Hitler. This is as close as it gets. Well, and, and the ambitions are, are much wider than Hitler. And unlike Hitler, they are tied in with our biggest corporations. I'll tell you, by the way, interesting new document from SEPI. Uh, I don't think you've gotten this one from us yet. No, we haven't. 2022 to 2026. Guess what they're putting the next $4 billion into? The variant COVID-19 viruses. These variants, which are in fact less dangerous, more contagious, but when you do, when you vaccinate people wholesale, you just get more and more variants that are escaping the process of vaccination, and uh, so they're just lining it up now for one after another of vaccines, and we have to stop it. I want to make a comment on children because, I mean, I think we uh, what we really should start with is the mothers and fathers of the world protecting their children. I agree because, I mean, you see like uh, de Blasio licking his lips going, we've got to get the children. And he's yes. like a cartoon or something. He looks like a villain, a wolf when he eat Little Red Riding Hood. What the hell's going on there? You're the psychiatrist. What's happening with these people? Well, they're predators. They're no different from the people I work. Uh, I've had a lot of prison experience. I've done a lot of medical legal work. 
by the way, against the drug companies, a lot of product cases against the drug companies where I have a lot of my knowledge from to, to do this research. But I've worked with a lot of people who, who uh, were involved in, in mass murder and crime and so on. And these people have, they have these same kind of personality as the mass murderer. They, they, they don't believe in God. They identify with no one. They do not think of themselves as Americans. They don't think of themselves as patriots. They think of themselves as people who are going to get even and going to plunder. I'm going to move and forward here, folks, just a bit. Uh, let's see where we're at. Just in there. And I'll put the links to this in the show notes so you can watch the whole video, but I don't want to spend three hours online today with this. Here we go. I asked myself, how did we get here? And then I have a feeling of guilt that I haven't done enough. And then I, I get frustrated to see people that don't know what's, uh, how are you processing this? Or what is, because for anybody out there, even somebody that's trained to know how to, their mind works, how, how should the public in your view deal with something like this? Because it's not, it's not exciting to give people horrible news, but it's a positive thing so we can do something, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Alex, everything you just said about what you've been going through, Ginger and I uh, support each other and help each other because we're going through this daily and sometimes especially with great difficulty. I think that one of the things that psychiatry misses and psychology in general is that uh, the best response to overwhelming oppression is overwhelming positiveness and determination. Keywords and right I there. I think that's why most of the people who are doing this fight are people who believe in something much higher than themselves in their own lives. They believe in God, they believe in some higher ideals, they love their family. They're doing this for their grandchildren and children, but also just for the principle of liberty. Uh, you know, the Declaration of Independence says it, you know, given by nature, given by God, however you want to view it. We are treasures. We are, we are, we are, we, we're much more than the biology they think we are. We're beings. We matter, each and every one of us, the old, the young, the black, the white, doesn't make any difference. None of it makes any difference. We're human beings. These people hate human beings. That's right. We have to declare our inherent value and our inherent fact that we're made by God and, and because that's what they hate. They want us just to be machines that they claim they control. But then but then they claim they're sitting in. Bill, Bill Gates thinks he's Bill Gates thinks he's I'm going to fast forward one more time to this last section on this video. And like I said, I'll put the, the links to these videos in the show notes. Uh, here we go. Almost there. Here we go. 33. During that period of time, and then he was a Jew. So it's always been difficult, but then there came the first real bright shining light in, a, in, a, in the world of government, and that was the founding of America. It was unique, folks. It changed the world. It began the democracies we see around the world. And we are the first long-lived democracy in the history of the world. There's nothing like us. 
And now we are And as you said earlier, that's why Schwab admits and they want to discredit it because that system threatens the the the, the neo-pagan tyranny they want to set up. That's right. It threatens the global bullies. It's as simple as that. We are the threat to the global bullies. As long as America is strong and honorable and really basing itself on individual freedom as the beginning, not the power of government, but the government to defend individual freedom, which has been lost in our education and in our lives now. But as long as we exist, they can't do what they're doing. And all they are doing is being predators on in the newest form of it. So when we had clubs, they had clubs and spears and guns. And now it's the technology. It's the uh, instilling fear. I think I should talk more about that. My wife, Ginger, was the first very early in COVID to say, this is the systematic installation of fear. Remember that phrase. And then she brought me scientific articles, great research. She said, honey, they've got a whole scientific study <clears throat> in public health of instilling fear. I was about to say, the British Ministry of Defense said, our job is to terrorize the public. Oh, God, and that, that, is, that is it. You know, um, I run enormously in sync with, it, with exactly what, what you're saying. And um, that, that's right, and that is it. And that's what Fauci does. He terrorizes, he confuses, he gives contradictory statements. But he's not the power everybody makes him out to be. I mean, he's a man who's had, uh, you know, he survived four presidents. That that makes him a chameleon. It makes him. I agree, Doctor. So, from your research, what is it, Gates? I mean, who, who's? Uh, who, I mean, obviously, we can obsess over who well, runs the show. As far as as far as we can go right now, it's Gates colluding with Fauci, colluding with who? Oh God, we haven't mentioned it. Colluding with communist China, the ultimate power behind this is communist china communist china has been running who for pay decades. attention to that folks. the major donator when trump cut uh china or a uh, who off for defending china lying about china and, and letting china literally spread the uh, the disease around the world gates moved in and, and and started funding even more heavily who gates funds who we've now counted through three separate organizations it's not just his own foundation so i think that that's really where i need to get to um uh, toward the toward the end here because yeah, let's talk about that with. let's talk about that um the the uh, all of the predators are invested in china um, I evaluated the top 15 uh, American billionaires. They're all deeply invested in China, with the possible exception of one. They are none of them are patriots. None of them believe in God. They all look at China as superior to America. Gates has said it. Fauci has said it. The World Health Organization and the UN is which is uh, has a very active role in SEPI, who is very active, the UN is very active, and it, that all leads back to China because the uh, communists uh, basically run the UN, and so that's the biggest ultimate threat we face right now. And I'm glad we finally got to that. Now, the thing that Gates doesn't realize, and Fauci doesn't realize, is uh, uh, once they empower China, if they keep empowering China to win over us, they've been doing it at conferences. Uh, another occasion, I 
you know, talked to you about the conferences being held by uh, people like Michael Bloomberg and, and Klaus Schwab and, and how they bring in the Chinese and co-sponsor with the Chinese communists, the communists. I'm glad you're showing the, some of the pictures of this. And um, that that's the ultimate enemy. But what China's going to do when it does have its empire, and it is trying, folks, to build an empire with the main people in the way. They've just about destroyed Australia now with the COVID totalitarianism because Australia is part of the southern route to get to the Western world and then to dominate us. Once they die. Okay, folks. These clips are just to give you a taste of the points I'm trying to make. And like I said, I'm going to try to remember to put these uh, uh, links in the show notes so that you can look at these videos uh, completely and, and see more of what I'm talking about. But I love the points that this man was making. The, the phrase that his wife used, the systematic installation of fear. I think is so important for us to remember because that is, is, is what they have been so successful at accomplishing since this all started at the beginning of 2020, the insystematic installation of fear. And then the phrase that Alex used, neo-paganism, I think that is a very important phrase to us to keep, for us to keep in the forefront of our minds as we start looking into these things, neo-paganism, or what I would call uh, neo-occultism or neo-Satanism. It's all basically the same thing. A new paganism, a new Satanism, a new occultism that is coming about very powerfully and very, very rapidly in America and through America to the rest of the world. So one of the questions that I've been asking for a long time is, have we already been sold out to China? This man talked about the fact that those at the highest levels are working very closely with the Chinese Communist Party, the Chinese Communist government in what's going on on the world stage. And I remember when Clinton was in office and I was really paying a lot of attention to what he was doing behind the scenes. He was very much involved with the communists in China. And there was a lot of things that were being disclosed undercover uh, that were very frightening to consider. And I think it's increased a lot since then. And maybe that's something we'll dig into at a later time. There's one more video I want to show that deals directly with a lot of input from different doctors and people that are on the front lines of dealing, trying to, to fight back against this COVID totalitarianism, another great phrase that this man uses. And then we'll get into the message. So this is called the narrative is crumbling. Something big and bad is going on. Let's just watch this and then we'll continue. Well, planned this. It's all planned. Now, why they planned this, I don't know. And I don't even think I want to know. This system is being put in place using lies and it's being put in place using lies for some purpose. And I believe that purpose is complete totalitarian control. And I think the purpose of that is going to be mass depopulation. One of our problems here is the assumption that this is like every other vaccine we've ever seen. And it's not. 
It's the greatest experiment that has ever been performed in the history of medicine, and it's being performed on human beings. It's just an incredible thought. So all of this started to come together, we started to get kind of a sick feeling in our stomachs. So wait a minute, this is science gone bad here. None of this is supposed to be happening. The CDC has never otherwise explained these stats, and they are so tightly related to the vaccine. 50% of healthcare providers are absolutely not getting this injection. We don't trust the data. The Fox guarded the hen house. The companies did their own data. There were no independent observer groups. You should disregard all announcements about case rates and what immunity completely fraudulent. The very inventor of the PCR test, Nobel Prize winner Kerry Mollis, said this test in itself is not a diagnosis. And with PCR, if you do it well, you can find almost anything in anybody. But they said we're being pressured in a house to add COVID to the diagnostic list when we think it has nothing to do with the actual cause of death. As a physician, I received an email last week from the Department of Health coaching me on how to fill out death certificates. It's another level now uh, of criminality. There's a lot of other doctors who feel the same way. Well, they're too frightened to speak up. And as soon as that happens, a notification, and you're up in, in front of the medical board. Dr. Robert Malone is a vaccine expert. He is the inventor of mRNA technology. He's undergone systematic attack. His history is literally being erased online. These fact-checking groups, for example, factcheck.org, they're funded by an organization that holds over $1.8 billion of stock in a vaccine company. Once I was censored, I feel like I've kind of gone into this other world, and now I'm surrounded by people that it's, it's kind of normal to have their work talked about in a strange way. Sent me there to cover the COVID treatments at that hospital. I just wasn't supposed to ask that question. The viewers are being deceived by a carefully crafted narrative. They are trying to push a narrative that is not based on the decades of immunology. No, you hate me. How is that possible that in a medical pandemic? That's fake news. People have turned to Facebook to share their stories and experiences, with one group reaching almost 65,000 members
You can kill me, you can do whatever, but I'm not going to let Americans die. 25 years ago, Herman Deering testified at the Nuremberg trials, and he was asked, how did you make the German people go along with all this? And he said, it's an easy thing. The only thing a government needs to make people into slaves is fear. You can do this in a Nazi regime. You can do it in a socialist regime. You can do it in a communist regime. You can do it in a monarchy and a democracy. We, the Germans, are asking this question how it happens in the 1930s. And a lot of people are now getting a sense how it happened. We're held hostage to more and more mutations that can be used to manipulate us over and over again and take away our freedoms. We've used these tactics in other countries to manipulate the body compound. Now we're watching our own government and our own military use them against us. Men of our unit and our service believe that we're putting our weapons in the wrong direction. This time now the tyranny is against us and our people and we can't see it because it's on our home soil where it's never been before. We need to start looking at ourselves as officers and thinking, is what I'm doing right? You don't get to just say, I'm following orders. And if that costs you your job, so be it. At least you'll be able to look at yourself in the mirror tonight. They start enforcing the communist state through the backs of the passport. Please, Australia, do not move to any goalpost the second you do. They start to build the fascist state. In Australia, people have had it too good for too long. And they see these communist countries, you know, that there's no way that could happen here. We are the most lockdown country in the world. Massive protests, you know, the media said it's going to be three and a half thousand people. What we saw today were three and a half thousand very selfish profits. The mainstream media is never, ever, ever going to be on our side because they are owned and controlled by the very people we are fighting against. They've identified that area as being a really strong area. Strong men, strong morals, strong customs. You are the toughest. You have the strongest family, community connections, religious connections. You guys are unbreakable. And they know that they target and break you first and make it. I love that video, folks, because the biggest thing you see is that there is a massive movement worldwide against the COVID totalitarianism that is taking place. But you don't hear about this movement because the mainstream media covers it up, will not talk about it, tries to downplay it and vilify it. So that's why I wanted to share that. And I pray that more people would share these videos and try to wake up more people to the truth of what's going on. But it's so inspiring to see more and more people having a voice. And if you can find the videos, there are people filling the streets of cities all over the world, marching against the totalitarianism that's going on. In France, people are having picnics, filling the streets in, in, on, in streets that are filled with, that have restaurants on each side because the restaurants are requiring pass, passports vaccine passports. So you look at the picture in the background, the restaurants have hardly anybody in them, but people are filling the streets, having picnics, enjoying themselves, basically in a reverse strike against those restaurants for what they're doing. And that's the spirit that we have to have because the people will stop what's going on. And it's so important because it's it, it's getting to a point where it's critical right now. One point that one of the gentlemen said is he said, we are polarized. And that is very a very important thing to remember because 
dividing and conquering your enemy is one of the surest ways of gaining victory over him. Any military commander has known that since the beginning of time. Jesus said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Our enemy are the powers that have brought this about, and they are dividing the people, pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, those accepting the COVID narrative, those rejecting the COVID narrative, the right-left paradigm in America. They are masters at dividing our enemy because that's how they see us, but we cannot let that happen. That's why it's so important that we pay attention to what these people are saying. Now, as we move closer to this message, I want to preface it with these statements. As Christian Americans, we need to be very familiar with two things. The Bible, which is the Word of God, and the Constitution of the United States. The modern American church is mostly ignorant of the Word of God. And most modern Americans are ignorant of the, the rights that we are given and that are by God and that are protected by the, the United States Constitution. So we've got to get back to understanding the ground and the platform and the truth that we stand on. Our Constitution guarantees us life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that is being threatened. You know, many people, uh, when because they keep threatening to try to take away our guns, and the Second Amendment says that the right to bear arms of the American people shall not be infringed, that's secondary. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is the guarantee that we have the right to bear arms. Even if they eliminated the Second Amendment, illegally, we still would have the right to bear arms because that's what helps us ensure life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But I want to ask you this question. If you don't think what we're going through is one of the most severe and exciting, it's an amazing time to be alive because we actually can start to see who our enemy is and what we need to make a stand against. I'd much rather be in a situation like this than just sort of this apathetic gray area that we've been in for so long. But move your focus a few years down the road and ask yourself, what will you tell your grandchildren you did during the great COVID hoax or COVID deception or when totalitarianism was trying to be in, being pushed down our throats in the name of COVID-19? What will you tell your grandchildren you did? Did you put on a mask and get the shot and do all the other stuff you're told to do because you just thought you had to go along with what you were told and you believe the narrative? Or did you think about what's going on? Did you try to figure out how to address these things from a Christian perspective? And did you engage in a battle? Did you engage in the fight? Very important to ask question to ask yourself. Are you going to be on the right side of history or the wrong side of history? Let's pray and we'll look at Romans 13, 1 through 5. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we have the opportunity to gather and to help and to strengthen each other. And Lord, this is a time that can be so oppressive and so dark and so, to, and so uh, just confusing. But for those that understand your truth and through it understand what's going on in the world, it can be a time of enlightenment and a time of growth and a time of excite, excitement and purpose. Lord, I just ask that you would bless each person that hears this message, that your word would go forth powerfully and that we would be under, that we would understand that if we stand in your truth, we, we allow no lies, that we expose the unfruitful works of darkness and have no part with them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's look at Romans 13, 1 through 5. If you want to turn to these verses in your Bible, 
let me find the screen here and I'll put it up for you. I apologize for those that are listening to the podcast. Um, but if you go to the video on Rumble, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about with the videos and everything. So I'll try to explain it the best I can as we go through today. So Romans 13, 1 through 5. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. Notice I underline that. And those that exist have been instituted by God. I underline that. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is a servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. Conscience. Now, Paul wrote this, and consider that when he was writing this, he was writing to people who were under the oppression of the Roman government, a government that would end up executing Paul for being a Christian. So it's always been a fascinating area of study in scripture to think that Paul was going to die at the hands of Roman rule. He was imprisoned by the Romans, but he was saying to be subject to the governing authorities. But you'll understand why he wrote that as we go through this. First point I want to make is God is the ultimate authority and all subordinate authority is given by him. And we're given just a fascinating example of this in John 19, 6 through 11. Uh, let me see if the screen will come up. Here we go. This is when Christ is on trial before his, before his crucifixion. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, we have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. Jesus was putting Pilate in his place. Pilate was not used to people questioning anything he said, especially in such a way. All authority, genuine authority, from a government perspective, is granted by God. It's not of man. But because God appoints people to positions of authority does not mean that everyone in a position of authority is godly. Very important to understand. I'm going to repeat that. Because God appoints people to positions of authority doesn't mean that everyone in a position of authority is godly. Not all, not all leaders are Christians, obviously. Very few are. For many years, Romans 13 has been used as an excuse to tolerate tyranny and abuses far outside the authority given to leaders. Christians use it as an excuse to give up Christian principles and support evil leaders. If you want to see a beautiful example of this, or, or, or a glaring example of this, study Germany, Christians in Germany in the 30s and the 40s. 
Dietrich Bonhoeffer was one of the few Christian pastors in Germany that actually took the time to figure out what Hitler was really up to, what the National Socialists were really trying to do. He knew the evil that they were already doing and that they were going to try to do more of. And he tried and he made a stand against it and he was vilified for it. And they ended up hanging him for it right before the end of World War II. But the majority of Christians went along with what Hitler said. They didn't question it. Romans 13 has been used by Christians for far too long in America as an excuse for cowardice. I would say Romans 13 has been one of the most misunderstood, abused, twisted, and mistaught portions of Scripture since the, since the founding of America. I remember when Obama was elected, I heard a man who professed to be a Christian, he posted on Facebook, he said, well, we did the best we could. Obama won. Now we, in the spirit of Romans 13, we need to get behind him and support what he's doing. I, I responded to the guy, I said, are you out of your mind? That means giving up your Christian principles and, and saying you're going to stand behind a man who is contrary to everything you believe in. That is not what Romans 13 is talking about. But it even gets more interesting than that. And that's what we'll get into more. What I want to do here is I'm going to read. I'm not going to put this on the screen because it would take up too much room. I believe that of all the commentaries you can read on Romans 13, Adam Clark nails it. He lived from 1760 to 1832. And his commentary on Romans 13 speaks directly to what we've been dealing with in modern America. So I'm going to read his commentary and then I'm going to try to show how that applies and how we are to understand that to help us see how we are to take to be doing how we are to be living in the midst of the tyranny that's being forced on us. So Adam Clark commenting on Romans 13 says, "Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers." This is a very strong saying and most solemnly introduced and we must consider the apostle as speaking not from his own private judgment or teaching a doctrine of present expediency. Many have tried to say Romans 13 says what it says because Paul was just trying to appease the Romans. That is not true. But declaring the mind of God on a subject of the utmost importance to the peace of the world, a doctrine which does not exclusively belong to any class of people, order of the community or official situations, but to every soul and on the principles which the apostle lays down to every soul in all possible varieties of situation and on all occasions. And what is this solemn doctrine? It is this, let every soul be subject to the higher powers. Let every man be obedient to the civil government under which the providence of God has cast his lot. Now that may sound like regardless of who's in government, how they got there, we are to obey them. But listen to what he, he says further on. Though in many cases the governor himself may not be of God, yet civil government is of him. For without this there could be no society, no security, no private property, all would be confusion and anarchy, and the habitable world would soon be depopulated. In all nations of the earth there is what may be called a constitution, a plan by which a particular country or state is governed. And this constitution is less or more calculated to promote the interests of the community. The civil governor, whether he be elective or hereditary, agrees to govern according to that constitution. Very important. This is where his argument hinges. According to that constitution. 
Thus, we may consider that there is a compact and consent between the governor and the governed. And in such a case, the potentate may be considered as coming to the supreme authority in the direct way of God's providence. And as civil government is of God, who is the fountain of law, order and regularity, the civil governor who administers the laws of a state according to its constitution is the minister of God. Again, according to its constitution is the minister of God. But it has been asked, if the ruler be an immoral or profligate man, does he not prove himself thereby to be unworthy of his high office? And should he not be deposed? So they're saying if he's a sinful man, he's not a Christian, he lives in a moral life, should he be deposed? I answer, no. If he rule according to the Constitution, nothing can justify rebellion against his authority. So he's saying, regardless of what kind of man he is in his personal life, regardless of what his religious convictions are, if he's ruling according to the Constitution, nothing can justify rebellion against his authority. He may be irregular in his own private life. He may be an immoral man and disgrace himself by an improper conduct. But if he rules according to the law, if he makes attempts to change the Constitution, if he make no attempt to change the Constitution, nor break the compact between him and the people, there is therefore no legal ground of opposition to his civil authority. And every act against him is not only rebellion in the worst sense of the word, but it is unlawful and absolutely sinful. Nothing can justify the opposition of the subjects to the ruler, but overt attempts on his part to change the constitution or to rule contrary to law. When the ruler acts thus, he dissolves the compact between him and his people. His authority is no longer binding because illegal, and it is illegal because he is acting contrary to the laws of that constitution, according to which, on being raised to the supreme power, he promised to govern. This conduct justifies opposition to his government. Now, I have that underlined in my James Clark commentary, and I believe fully that the Biden administration falls into that category. They are, they are governing illegally, and they are doing everything they can to dismantle and go against the Constitution. Therefore, they are illegitimate, and Christians have no biblical obligation to adhere to their leadership because they are false, fraudulent, and illegitimate in their positions. James, uh, Clark continues, but I contend that no personal misconduct in the ruler, no immorality in his own life, while he governs according to law, can justify either rebellion against him or contempt of his authority. For his political conduct, he is accountable to his people. For his moral conduct, he is accountable to God, his conscience, and the ministers of religion. So you get the point I'm making. It's very simple. If a leader is elected according to the Constitution, then they are legitimate. But if they begin to govern contrary to the Constitution, then we as Christians have a biblical uh, authority, I guess you could say, and, and as Americans, a constitutional authority to either bring them back into line with the authority that they are granted with through the Constitution. And if they refuse to go back into line, then they are removed from office and they are replaced with people in, in a place of leadership that will govern according to the authority that is granted to them by the Constitution.
Clark continues, Saul was a good moral man, but a bad prince. He's talking about King Saul because he endeavored to act contrary to the Israelitish constitution. He changed some essential parts of that constitution, as I have elsewhere shown uh, he, on his note on Acts 13.22. He was therefore lawfully deposed. James II was a good moral man, as far as I can learn, but he was a bad and dangerous prince. He endeavored to alter and essentially change the British constitution, both in church and state. Therefore, he was lawfully deposed. If you understand what Clark's writing, and you understand the U.S. Constitution, our duty as Christians and as Americans is to bring our government back into constitutional authority because it is far outside of it. Now, Christians, that doesn't mean we start, you know, we go grab our guns and we start shooting all these people or whatever. Christians should be models of civil obedience. Even if we are inconvenienced and don't agree with laws, if they are constitutional and in accordance with God's will, we must obey those laws. So if a law is passed and it's in agreement with the Constitution and it's not contrary to God's will, as Christians, we're obligated to be in obedience to that law. Now, luckily, the U.S. Constitution is written in such a way that most of the things that are contrary to the Constitution are also contrary to God's law, except for some twistings. But that is, we should be models of civil obedience. And I'll give you an example of this, which is a huge example, which you know the result of when you hear what I'm going to share from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And he wanted them registered so he could tax them. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Now, I'm sure David didn't want to go be registered with the Roman leadership so that they could tax him. But he did what the law stated, because it was according to the authority of the Roman governor to do so. But look what came about. The Messiah, Jesus Christ, ended up being born in Bethlehem because he Joseph obeyed that law. Isn't that fascinating? God used that to make sure that the Messiah was born in Bethlehem as he had been prophesied to be born many years earlier. Fascinating. But the thing we have to understand as Christians is our first loyalty must be to Jesus Christ. It must always be to Jesus Christ. Country comes second. Now, civil disobedience must have a just cause. So if we know that we have to be disobedient because the government is, is outside of its constitutional authority, outside of the will of God, we have to engage in what's called civil disobedience. We don't do that willy-nilly. We, we don't do that off the cuff. We must do it only if we have a just cause to do so. Now, I want to give you some pictures here of the arch enemy of the Christian church, which is the man of lawlessness, because that is the spirit of much of what's going on in the world. Let's look at 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 and 4 and 1 John 4, 3. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 and 4 says, Let no one deceive you in any way. 
for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. So we know that's very clearly speaking of that figure, the Antichrist. But look at 1 John 4, 3. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now in, and is now in the world already. So the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work in the world, has been since the beginning of the church. And we see it on so many fronts now. And it's really the driving force behind so much of the evil that we see taking place in the world. And I'll, I'll get into this in more detail in future sermons. But as an example of civil disobedience in Scripture, I want you to look at Acts 4, 13 through 21. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they are saying, You no longer can preach in the name of Jesus Christ. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot speak of what we have seen, but we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. The rulers were in opposition to Christianity. They were against the will of God. They were obstinate, even though they admitted that a miracle had been done. And Jesus had prophesied, he said, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. He wasn't prophesying, he was just stating the truth. These people were not born again. They were, they were not regenerated. They were of the evil one. They were demonic and satanic. They were against the Christian message. They were commanding these Christian apostles not to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did they stop? No. They went directly against the governing authorities because they were commanding them to do something that was in direct opposition to the commands that they had received from Christ directly to preach the word of God. But think about this. If Peter and John had obeyed these men in authority, would we have ever been blessed to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? Would the church have continued if they had just laid down and said, you know what, the government doesn't want us doing this. It's too frightening. It's too out of control. We need to just, you know, stop. No, the church would have died at that point. They didn't do what the governing authorities told them because it was against the will of God. R.C. Sproul said, The minute any government declares itself independent from God, it has become demonized and becomes an evil empire because it now, as a government, is in rebellion against the authority by which it rules in the first place. That's an interesting quote, because if you look at what our government has been doing for many, many years, I would say that that applies very much to the U.S. government. 
during the times in which we live, that that applies to the current government of the United States of America. Now, look at this. In the early 1960s, prayer and the Bible were removed from the public school system. In the early 60s, they took out Bibles. They said you can no longer pray in public schools. If you go online and you just search crime rate, historical crime rate graphs or charts, you will notice that crimes like drug addiction, domestic abuse, suicide, murder, incest, uh, pedophilia, homosexuality, all these, if you look at all these evil things in our society, they were growing gradually. You hit the early 60s and the graph just starts going off the charts because we took God and the Bible out of schools. It's a fascinating parallel to look at, and it's very easy to find online. 58 million abortions have been performed, more than that now. I orig- These are notes from a sermon I, I rewrote that I originally preached in 2016, and I just added to it for today. But as of 2016, 58 million abortions had been performed since Roe versus Wade. That's child sacrifice blatant murder of the innocent. The majority of the federal government and especially the executive branch at this time is overtly striving to abolish the constitution and the God-given rights of the people that the constitution was enacted to protect. The U.S. federal government is working more in the interest of globalist organizations than in the interest of the American people. We have gone from being a country that was founded by the people, of the people, by the people, and for the people, to a country that is now of the government, by the government, for the government. And like I've told people, America became great because of the people and in spite of the government. The the government has always been a hindrance to the American spirit and the success of the American people. So we became great by the by because of the people in spite of the government, and now we're being destroyed because of the government and in spite of the people. Everything is reversed. Look at Psalm 24, 1, a Psalm of David. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. When anyone or any government or any organization tries to go against that truth, they are in trouble and evil ensues. And that's what we're seeing. Now, I want to look at Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, which I refer to constantly, it seems nowadays, because really the battle that we're dealing with, we're seeing it played out in the physical realm, but it's a spiritual battle that's being carried out through the spiritual realm. What we are seeing is the result of the battle that's going on in the heavens. It's a cosmic battle, a cosmic war that has been going on since the beginning of time that is intensifying right now. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. The battle is spiritual warfare against spiritual beings, authorities in the heavenly realm that are affecting what's going on in the human physical realm. Now, what I want you to look at here is that there are many historical links between evil satanic forces and human 
What we are witnessing now is nothing new. It's the forces of evil fighting against Jesus Christ and his church. We saw this through the Babylonian Empire, which was satanic. If you look at much of what goes on in modern day Satanism and occultism and paganism, you can trace it all the way back to Egypt and Babylon. The atrocities of the Roman Empire. Nero was nicknamed the Beast, which in Latin can be re represented numerically as 666. Hitler's Third Reich was satanic and occultic. That's well known. That's why Bonhoeffer was so much against it. Joseph Stalin, look at the, the evil that communism has accomplished, has, has carried out. How many millions of people have died at the hand of communist rule? And now America has become so ignorant that we have Americans craving communism. How ridiculous is that? Look at the satanic control of Pilate when Jesus was on trial. Look at Pharaoh and how evil his thoughts were to go against God after plague, after plague, after plague. He would not bow his knee to God. Pol Pot in Cambodia, again, another communist ruler who just devastated his people and his country because of evil. State-sanctioned abortion is a genocide that places America in the same group as those listed above. 58 million plus murdered that never had the chance to open their eyes to the light of day, that never had the chance to take a breath, that didn't even have a name, most of them. The state's function is to protect life and the sanctity of life. So think about it. Remember I said if you go against the will of God, you're illegitimate. Abortion really illegitimizes most of our federal government completely by its sanction of abortion, genocide, wars for profit and evil, the U.S. government government has made itself illegitimate. This is what a lot of Americans don't understand or don't want to face up to. Satanism is at the highest levels of the American government and has been for a very, very long time. Spend some time researching something online called Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove is a place, I don't know if they still do it, but for years, since the, since the late 1800s, world leaders and power brokers, <laughs> U.S. presidents, would go to this place in central California off the American River called Bohemian Grove. They would spend a few days there, and it was rumored that it was very much, uh, it was very homosexual, it was very occultic, there was a lot of weird satanic stuff going on, but it was very secretive. The only news that you could get out of this place was from people that had worked there, maybe as waiters or valets or whatever, and they would quit, and then they would just share some of the weird things that they had seen going on. Well, Alex Jones actually snuck in there like 15 years ago and took pictures secretly of what's going on. And they actually, the last day when they go there every year, the last day of their gathering, uh, they have what's called the cremation of care ceremony. And I guess the easiest way to explain this is that you're an evil person. You're carrying out evil agendas every day in the work that you're doing. You're trying to do evil things in the world, whether that's pushing abortion uh, you're involved in pedophile rings, whatever it is, you go and through this ritual, you cremate your care so that your conscience doesn't have to bother you. Now, what's interesting about this is this cremation of care ceremony takes place before this massive stone owl that's like the shape of an owl that's about 40 or 50 feet tall. Well, what does an owl represent biblically or occultically? The god Moloch. If you read in the Old Testament in the Bible or you search it, in a, in a Bible dictionary or encyclopedia, 
Moloch was the god that was most commonly related to child sacrifice. And what they do this last day of this Bohemian Grove gathering is they take an effigy of a child, they burn it before the god Moloch. Now, you may think I'm making that up. Here's a picture of that ceremony. You see the stone statue that's in the shape of, a, of an owl, and this is the ceremony that takes place. And if you can find Alex Jones' underground film, this is exactly what he filmed. He filmed this ceremony. I have pictures of the Clintons there, Ronald Reagan, um, presidents going back years, world leaders. Bohemian Grove is a very evil place. Jezebel and the Whore of Babylon. If you look at how the Whore of Babylon is explained in the book of Revelation, you would agree that it very much represents the modern economic climate that the world has right now, whether it be fashion, music, uh, movies, TV shows, whatever. You see that spirit of Babylon in just about everything. But let's look at Washington, D.C. And this is one point I like to make to people is they say, well, we're a country that was founded by Christians on Christian principles. We're a Christian country. No, we've never been a Christian country. We are a pagan country with Christians in it. And our founding fathers were very much involved in occultism and paganism, whether you want to believe it or not. And I'll give you some examples of this. Look at Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C. is laid out in the design of a pentagram. Everybody knows that a pentagram is probably the most powerful satanic symbol that there is. And the beginning of it is at the White House, the seat of power. Remember I talked about the Owl of Moloch, representing Moloch? Let's look at another picture of Washington, D.C. from the air. Here's the Capitol in the middle. What's that a shape of surrounding it? An owl. So you have Washington, D.C. with a pentagram in the middle of it, and then an owl representing Moloch surrounding the White House. Look at the Washington Monument and the Capitol Rotundra. The Washington Monument is an Egyptian phallus of Osiris. The White House dome is an ancient structural representation of the womb of Isis. Why would they build those in such a way where you have this dome representing a womb, this obelisk representing the phallus of Osiris? Why would they be at the seat of power in the most powerful country in the world? Together, they represent the occultic workings to bring about the rebirth of Apollo. Who is Apollo? If you look at Apollo in mythology, what, who does he represent in the modern age? The Antichrist. Fascinating. Where else do we have an obelisk and a dome? What's the most evil place probably on earth? The Vatican. Same thing. Isn't that amazing? Occultic symbolism is everywhere. If you live near the Utah area, go walk around the Mormon temple. Get, get a book of occultic symbols and walk around the Mormon temple. It's covered with them. Occultic symbolism is everywhere. The constant uncovering of massive child sex trafficking, trafficking in America and around the world is a glaring sign of the prevalence of Satanism in America and the world at the highest levels of power. There is a man named Craig Sawyer 
has put a team together and they have been diligently tracking down, putting together sting operations and arresting pedophiles at both low level and high levels of power for the last few years. The mainstream media ignores it. They have arrested so many of these lowlifes and the mainstream media ignores it. Why? Because they're owned by these pedophile rings or many that are involved in these pedophile rings. What this all comes down to for me personally is so much of what I could not and did not want to accept or believe about America over the years is now verified, especially in the last year or so. Since this COVID thing hit, so much of what I just thought, there's no way this could be true. It can't be this evil. It can't be this dark. I don't. I can see how they may want to do these things, but how are they going to bring it about? It's all happening now. So you better wake up. Be very aware and discerning as we move forward into the coming months and years. Much of what claims to be the church is not the church and has veered far into apostasy and heresy. Test the spirits as we are commanded to in 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Our identity in Christ is what matters. We are in this world, but we are not of it. You must remove the ignorant veil of American patriotic Christianity because it's a reason, a lot of the reason that we've ended up where we are. We are Christians in a lost pagan country. And the only way this country is going to remain in place is if we get Christian principles at the highest levels of government. And if we stand and fight against what's going on. Again, ask yourself, what are you going to tell your grandchildren you did during these times? Because this is a turning point in history. This is like asking your grandfather, you know, what were you, what did you do in World War II? What did you do, do during Vietnam? And those were, World War II, I would say, is comparable. Vietnam was like our first war for profit. So it was a bad time, but it wasn't really a turning point in history too much. World War II was. This is more like a World War II turning point, maybe even more severe. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. As Christians, we are called to follow Christ and to be conformed to his image. We are citizens of a heavenly kingdom, and our allegiance is to the kingdom of God, not to the kingdom of man, not to the kingdom of America. If you keep that focus, you will go through this and your blood pressure won't even rise. If you got your eyes focused on Christ, but engage in the battle, you guys, don't sit back. Don't put on the mask if you don't believe in it. I fought against that since day one. I don't do it. Boycott companies that require them. Study what the vaccine is really doing to people before you agree to accept it. Because I can guarantee you, if you really learn what they're about, there is no way that a sane person would put that into their body and especially their children. Matthew 6, 31 through 34 says, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The Lord is in control. The Lord protects his children. And we will be brought through this. We will persevere. We will endure. And we will be victorious because we bear his name 
and we serve him. Rejoice in the Lord and do not allow the world to draw your eyes away from him and the narrow path that we walk in following him. And I'm going to close with 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men and be strong. What an awesome time to be a man. You actually have an enemy to stand up against. You actually have a cause visibly to stand for. You actually have something that you can get up every morning and say, I'm going to defeat this evil. What an awesome time for men to make a stand. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you. We praise you. And I just ask that you would bless each person that hears this message, that has heard this message, that you would give us a strength far beyond our own, that you would give us discernment, that you would enable us to expose the uh, unfruitful works of darkness and that we would have no part in them and that those that are in you would gather together, that we would gather together spiritually, even at a distance, and make a stand against the evil that is pushing so hard into this world. Your word tells us that the gates of hell will not prevail against the kingdom of God, and we believe that. We crush it. We have power in you, and we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being here today, folks. Um, please consider visiting our sponsor website, elephantwalk.net. Uh, we've got just an amazing variety of merchandise on the site now, mostly items imported from Kenya. We've got some new items coming along very soon. Uh, if you type the way during checkout, all lowercase, you get 10% off. So please visit elephantwalk.net. You can find us on the web at the way, the letter r122.org. You can subscribe to the podcast at Christian Podcast community.org. Just search for The Way Radio in the search field. Um, we're on YouTube. I'm broadcasting live to YouTube today. This may be the final message after what I've talked about. Uh, but if they do let me stay on, uh, you can find us by just typing The Way Ministry Church. Trying to get things slowly transferred over to Rumble. You can find us on Rumble at The Way, the letter R122. Please consider donating at The Way, R122.org. Uh, we so much want to expand the ministry. We're almost to 12,000 downloads on the podcast. The podcast just continues to grow and grow and grow, which is an awesome blessing. Uh, but I really have Pastor Patrick's church on my heart and my mind. I want to be able to know that we have uh, just a, an amazing oasis of the gospel at his location in Nairobi and that his two children's schools are able to train up children in the gospel and in the Christian way. So please consider supporting us at the way the letter R 122.org. Please uh, consider commenting. If you have any questions, you can email me at chad at the way r122.org. I'd be glad to answer your questions. And I will be back here next week, same time, same place. God bless you guys.